Hello and welcome to a very special edition of NWR Connectivity. I'm Donald Terrell. What you're about to hear is a spoiler cast for the entire Zero Escape series, with a special focus on the recently released Zero Time Dilemma for Nintendo 3DS, Nvidia, and Steam. Friend of the site, Saran McNulty, who reviewed the game for her local newspaper, will be the host. We reiterate this during the recording, but if you have not played these games to completion, we are going to spoil them rotten, and you may want to bail out now. If you would like to support Saran and don't happen to see her reviews in your local newspaper, she is also the sole proprietor of Four Corner Games, the developer of I've Got to Run on Wii U and I've Got to Run Complete Edition on 3DS. The prologue for her recently announced 2017 title Monochrono is now available on iOS and Android. Thank you, enjoy the show, and two milkmen go comedy. Zero Escape, Zero Time Dilemma spoiler cast. Um, I'm your host, friend of NWR and independent game developer Saren McNulty, and joining me is... I'm Donald Terriel. I reviewed Zero Time Dilemma for Nintendo World Report. I'm also the site's news editor. And just a heads up, this is the biggest spoiler warning I could give. Uh, if you have not seen every piece of content in 999, Virtue's Last Reward, and Zero Time Dilemma should probably stop listening until you have. Uh, we are not going to hold anything back. Everything is fair game. The game is just coming out in North America and Europe as we record this, so worth noting that there will probably be a few days between this going up and you wanting to listen to this. So I'll give you a countdown of five, and then we'll start going. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero. So the purpose of the spoiler cast is because I personally finished the game about a day and a half before you, Donald. Yeah, I think you finished on a. It was like a Tuesday. It was early Tuesday morning for you, and I finished it sort of Wednesday afternoon. Just... Right, and I enjoyed the game. Assume that everything we don't talk about, my at least my opinion on it, is positive. And Donald's review is up on Nintendo World Report. But there was enough over the last week that's been bugging me, and I can't get it out of my head. And I know Donald shares a lot of the same thoughts on some of these things. So I just sort of wanted to sort of rant about it, vent about it a little bit, and post some of the thoughts that I can on some of the shortcomings of Zero Time Dilemma and how it concludes the trilogy. Um, so... We have a brief outline here. So, one of the things that's the biggest for me, biggest issue for me, is Team Q, because no character there is good. You have Team D, where you have Diana, who is a technically new character, but anyone who's played Virtue's Last Reward knew immediately who Diana was and what Diana's personality type was going to be. And then you have Fine Sigma returning characters, and then in C you have Akane and Junpei returning characters, and Carlos, who ended up being a lot better of a character than I had predicted. What are your initial impressions when you first started playing through uh, any of the Team Q segments? Uh, I mean, I played it in a way that I hit the revelation that Mira is an honest-to-God serial killer pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. As did I. That was the second thing I saw, I believe. Yeah, and then the 
And then Eric is, uh, I, I don't know what term you want to use, like obsessed with Mira? You know? uh, yeah, obsessive, <laughs> deranged. And you have this character who all the promotional materials said was Q, who is... He's actually Sean. Sean, who who was seemingly there, but turns out he, he might be the best of the three, but that's not saying much considering he's mainly just a walking plot device. Yeah, his... Basically, his two things are, uh, please don't kill me, and by the way, I know everything because my brain is actually the central computer. And Mira gets revealed to be the Heart Ripper, the serial killer, um, at the end of the library three-way standoff. If you choose to shoot Eric, she just starts digging around in his chest and tries to pull out his heart but then she never gets any character development ever again yeah it's like are they gonna at some point are they gonna eventually come around to make make us care about mira but other than that i mean i i really can't think of a similar character in either of the first two games aside from maybe the ninth man in 999 and he gets killed off five minutes in yeah and in a lot of um team q's timelines mira gets killed off which drives or vanishes, which drives Eric in to the brink of madness to the point where he's pointing a shotgun at people and saying, stop trying to explain it to me. Uh, which, man, he was an insufferable character. He's probably the worst character in that game by, like, in that series by a mile. But I kept thinking as I was going through that there had to be something else to Mira, and... Did you read any of the documents that you get after seeing the true ending? Yeah, which they try and say that, oh, Mira's turning herself in, and they basically have a jailhouse wedding. Yeah, the the big character resolution there was she got pressured into turning herself in, and then she has life in prison. And that's that character resolution, which seems uh, incredibly weak. But that's not the um, only weak character resolution that we get in this game. Uh, does Eric... Eric's character resolution is he's still obsessed with Mira, nothing changed. Although it's it's kind of weird to see, uh, see a male character as the one who's obsessed with the jailbird. That's true. Carlos is an interesting character because all of the pre-release marketing for the title um, advertised him as... A firefighter who will do anything to save his sister and just like don't get in the way of his sister and so I was like okay he's gonna snap but he never did because he ended up being sort of the protagonist of Team C um, being the new character who's getting accustomed to his shifting but he also didn't really get a resolution yeah, except his because his his sister has this disease, which turns out it's she cannot control her ability to shift or to jump. Mm-hmm. If you want to use the virtues last reward terminology for it, so she so Carlos's big resolution is: oh, we I'm going to go train my sister in how to do this and get her better. I guess. And yeah, the the only two epilogue uh, documents that mention him say one. Yes, he trained his sister, and two, he attended uh, Junpei and Akane's wedding. By the way, that was their resolution. They got married at the end. Well, I suppose it's a nice resolution for Junpei, considering all the hell he went through in Virtue's Last Reward and trying to chase down Akane. Yeah, but in this timeline, he never went through any of that hell. He just went through a one year of being a moody person. Just a, just a huge, basically, second puberty phase, and then suddenly, in this timeline... He lucked out, I guess. Um, and then you get Team D. Where do we even begin with Team D? Uh, well, the, one of the endings basically paid off the initial reveal for the game in that you had, in which you clearly had Diana indicating that, oh yeah, she killed six billion people in one timeline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the timeline that goes into Virtue's Last Reward where Diana makes the decision to take Sigma and Phi out of the uh, DCOM test facility, uh, the underground test facility, 
that they were kidnapped into, and thereby releasing Radical Six, thereby knowingly murdering six billion people. Also, Sigma's lost both arms and his eye, and Phi has Radical Six. Uh, that's sort of the end, that's sort of an ending that we knew was going to be there, but that was handled, let's say, in a cheesy way, um, where Diana just picks up the receiver, says the lines we hear in VLR, and then just walks off. And then, in another ending, we learn the sort of biggest reveal of this game, which is Diana is the mother of twins. Phi and Delta. Hmm. When I saw that coming, uh, when when they uh. when they revealed that uh, Diana was pregnant, I had an inkling, and I just that sort of was the beginning of let's call it thirty minutes of uninterrupted cutscenes. So I just sort of set my veto down, put my. Uh, hand on my head and just watched as just 30 minutes and then they clone through time and space Delta and Phi they land in 1905? Uh, Is that? uh, 1905, 1908, sometime in the first decade of the 20th century. Yeah, 1905 or 1908 and then they send, whoever they send it to, then sends Phi into 2008 to explain the age gap between the twins. And then Delta lives from 1905-1908. He's still alive in Virtue's Last Reward. So he lives there until 2078. Which, that problem speaks for itself. But, it's so... Did you think that reveal was well done? Uh, I, I think I was too stunned at the content to really think about it at the time, but they were sort of, tra- I mean, they're sort of trapped because they have to come up with an explanation for that, for the age gap and also for what Phi is do for how Phi can be raised by researchers, but... I mean, they didn't have to make Phi the daughter of Sigma, right? Yeah. Like, they just <clears throat> chose to... And then realize that in having that twist, they backed themselves into this ridiculous corner where they have to create a space-time telepod system. Did, did that scene only exist to tell Sigma and Phi shippers to go jump off a cliff or something? Basically, my as soon as I saw that, I was yeah, I was basically just like, well, that was meant to invalidate most of the fan fiction written around Virtue's Last Reward. Turns out they can't be a couple, because even though their minds are the same age in Virtue's Last Reward, they're father and daughter. And then Diana... Diana, in in that bad ending that we mentioned earlier that leads into VLR, goes to live with young Sigma in young Sigma's mind... For three years, then she dies, then Young Sigma and Young Sigma's mind researches artificial intelligence and creates Luna, and then um, Lagomorph, Zero the Third. And then when Young Sigma inhabits Old Sigma's mind, I'm trying to get this straight, that is Young Sigma's first introduction to Luna, and then goes back, and then is familiar with everything? In ZTD, the Sigma in ZTD experienced both Diana previously and Luna previously, or only Luna previously. I, it's I can't follow that actually. Yeah. Did did Sigma in Zero Time Dilemma know of Diana prior to jumping into DCOM? I, I, yeah. That's a question the game doesn't even bother to look like look in the eye and it acknowledges exists like as a problem. Uh. So, what were your thoughts on the gameplay structure with the different fragments? Aside from the fact that you could just get to a situation where there's no real way to progress if you didn't know that you had to see every execution scene at the start. I think it worked in theory, but they need a they would have needed a way to force you to see that because half the scenes in that don't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see why you'd want to have a... 
you'd want to have what like you start with one scene you force it to the other two to do the executions and then you have all four lights lit up on the flow chart and you can carry on but i mean on paper it worked well it's just there were some execution issues with it that made it so that there were there was a couple of points like okay what the hell do i do now yeah i had seen every piece of content i could without um saying all the execution scenes i had seen the everybody lives and then i had seen uh c team gets executed but not q or d and in doing so i i looked at those lights and i just thought well those are just like scenes but i don't know how to trigger them and like i don't know how to go back and re-trigger some of those executions and then i look at all the other content and i've seen it all and there's a bunch of locks and i communicate with axis games the North American and European localization and publishing company for this title and ask them what the hell do I do and they just said you need to go back and see all the executions figure out how once this once this game has been out for a week and people have figured this stuff out and posted it in an FAQ it wouldn't be an issue but also if you're trying to play it without an FAQ good luck especially because some of the puzzles might not tell you the answer or how to get to the answer depending on the order that you examine objects in. Or if, you, or if you're playing on a particular platform, you may not be able to see elements of the puzzles. So explain that one to me because I did play on Vita, you played on 3DS, and I actually had no problems with visibility. Right. Uh, there was one, the one scene in the rec room mm-hmm. where the car, there's a card, there's a playing card puzzle where, oh God. where you're trying to spell out words mm-hmm. on, basically spell out words with playing card values. Mm-hmm. And the, unfortunately, the 3DS's screen resolution is so low that it made it very hard to dif- differentiate between, well, some, like a seven and an eight wasn't too bad, but differentiating between a jack and a queen, for instance. Right. Um, I will say that, um, I did that. I wasn't impeded on Vita, but that wasn't an easy one on Vita either. That would have been an easier one on PlayStation TV or Steam. On Vita, I had to squint. I didn't even think at the time of how that would even be possible on 3DS. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So I eventually did stumble into that solution, but it was sort of okay. There's four numbers in the room. I have to put three of them into an equation to come up with a three-digit number. What, mm. Which one am I missing here? And eventually stumbled across the... It was the Jar of Jam, the slot machine, and... Yes. And the uh, wine. Yeah. The, the alcohol level of the wine. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That, that room killed me because of the um, poker table, or sorry, the roulette table, where I was... Just like I found, I had found all the hints, and it just wasn't registering no matter what I did because it turned out I had to then go and I, I think I had missed one like almost inconsequential step with one of the um, statues in order to get that thing to actually trigger. So that whole room was frustrating, regardless of what platform you were on. It turns out, but oof, you'd think that they would have done testing with players who hadn't played it, who weren't on the development team on all of the platforms to make sure it was completable. Because that's a dual screen system. They could have just highlighted in like a higher resolution on the other screen. That's really weird. Yeah, they like the bottom screen is, if you don't have the notes app up, it's basically showing just a mirror at the top most of the time. Yeah, and some of the reviews I saw were like, well, the 3DS version runs a lot worse and looks worse, but the second screen is useful. And as I was reading that, some of those thoughts, I'm like, did you try either this game or Virtue's Last Reward on Vita? Because they run perfectly fine on Vita yeah. with only one screen. For, for what it's worth, I tried the Vita version of VLR before I got the 3DS version of Zero Time Dilemma. I did find that I preferred the 3DS version of that game, you know, game crippling save bugs aside, just because the t- the touchscreen 
like doing things on the touchscreen was a little, I found it to be easier with the stylus, but this zero time dilemma sort of over, I think it compensated well and you didn't have any complaints with the Vita version. I haven't heard very many no. from the other reviews and I think it might be worth me double dipping on it at some point. Yeah. The, the Vita version looked great. It, it ran at full native resolution. Um, they're outside of maybe a quick camera tilt. Um, in some of the more occupied rooms, there weren't any frame rate drops that I could find. Yeah, and I, I recall one reviewer on the 3DS version saying that they had they had it drop down to sub five frames a second with some of the more static scenes, but or the where the most static was on the screen. But I didn't see that. I wonder if that's a new 3DS issue. I I think that might be um, a yeah. You running on a new 3DS, it would run better. Even on new 3DS, still no stereoscopic 3D, which, um, honestly, I didn't ask for the 3DS version. I was sent both versions, and I downloaded it onto uh, 3DS to look, see how the 3D ran, and I loaded it up when I was about three hours into the Vita version just to see the opening scene. And then as soon as I started seeing some of the... Um, I was playing on a new 3DS XL some of the stretching like and blurriness in the subtitles and the fact that there wasn't and other text and the fact that there wasn't stereoscopic 3D, I just immediately turned it off. I'm just like, I went back to the Vita version. Mm-hmm. I got all the feedback I needed on the 3DS version in a few seconds. Yeah, and in some of the textures on like Sigma's uniform that he's wearing, you can't even make out what that logo is supposed to be. Wonderful. See, this game, in terms of console... This is very clearly a Vita game that that was then downported to 3DS as opposed to 3DS upported to Vita, which that's really frustrating considering that no one owns a Vita and most people are going to play this game on 3DS or Steam. And I've heard nothing but good things about the Steam version, but man, the 3DS version. So, what were your thoughts on the execution of the twist around Delta? Uh of him sort of being the 10th character in the game, basically? The 10th character that is uh, part of QT, which had four members, despite what the um, board said, uh, the the board on the X door, not labeling Sean, but labeling him as Q, um, just the explanation of just like, oh yeah, he's just been in every scene, but out-of-camera shot, like, oh, no, we've explicitly angled every camera shot just so you don't see uh, Delta slash Zero slash Q in it. Like, what? And then to go back towards the end of the game and say, no, every character was aware of Q, they just, and just none of them ever talked to the boy in the mask or talked about him and used his name because... Oh no, they would always have said Sean. That was just the most frustrating document. As soon as I saw that, I basically just thought, well, fuck you. Just one document, one bonus file that's just like, the boy in the mask's name is Sean. Anytime any character addressed him, they always said Sean for the entire game. And I'm just... Hmm. Yeah, and between that and, oh, he can mind hack. It's like, yeah, Uh clearly written as a... As some sort of wish fulfillment. Also, uh, the ending where Boy in the Mask finds, or Robot in the Mask, with the mask, finds out his name is Sean. He didn't know that information until Zero stood up and told him. But we're supposed to believe that everyone had been calling him Sean the whole time? Also, conveniently skipping any scene where he introduced himself towards the beginning of the game to everyone else as Sean, because they all ran into him. He wasn't in the decom testing facility. He he was there during the decision game. And so at the beginning of the decision game, they met him and didn't know his name. And he didn't know his name, and everyone knew to call him Sean because... Magic? Reasons? Just... This game, like, the more you think about that twist, the more it just desperately tw- trips over itself trying to say, no, we have a we have a twist on the scale of 999 where the top screen was Junpei and the bottom screen was Akane and Virtue's Last Reward where you were an old man the whole time and, and Zero the whole time. 
just dear tiny dilemma just trying to trip over itself in so many ways although it was kind of satisfying finally getting to the finally figuring out oh we put delta in for that fourth lock during the mexican standoff and blowing him away yeah that was satisfying here's a question do you remember the very very end of uh virtue's last reward where kyle's body is being inhabited by a different shifter who knows what the plan is going to be and doesn't know how he knows the plan is going to be, and it just calls him, quite, like, triple question mark. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the assumption that that was the player at some point? Like, he, like What happened to that because that can't be Delta because Delta can't shift? And I, I thought, perhaps wrongly, that that character was going to show up in Zero Time Dilemma as a on the player side as a good guy. So, that character never shows up again outside of that one scene at the end of Virtue's Last Reward. So, I mean, was it just like a reference to Ever 17? Like one of uh, Kataru Jokoshi's other works? Or um, in, in the Q&A at, that was done in 2012, he explicitly said, you'll find out everything about this character in Zero Time Dilemma. But he also made a bunch of other weird promises, like we'd find out about like the origin of the Myrmidons and we'd find out what Owie slash Santa has been up to this whole time like no we don't we don't find out any of that information in this game hell the the one time they they ask about when Akane gets asked about what uh, Santa's up to they immediately change the subject mm-hmm. they get like one like half of a one line and then just boom whatever um Radical Six was meant to be the crux of this game, and it's mentioned in one timeline. Well, there, and, it, and then at the very, very end, yeah, I th- it also gets. I mean, it gets used in one of the key, in one of the queue rooms as a. You can inject yourself with this and save your life, or you can inject yourself with this and die. And the, and then there's the the ending we talked about that has Diana. Infecting the world with it, but other than that... Yeah, because Mira, one of the least fleshed-out characters in series history, just decides on a whim, out of revenge, question mark, to just inject Phi with it to watch the world burn. So, what? Why is Phi getting close to Mira? Why is Mira injecting? Why did Mira steal it in the first place? She gave terrible motive like illogical motives but motives for why she committed the crime she did like they gave an explanation of half-ass explanation of like oh she can't feel feelings so she wants to know what it's like to touch a heart and she has a really bad misconception about what that phrase means like that that was her justification so why would she steal radical six that has nothing to do with anything outside of just making her into a walking plot device now, didn't they mention that, like, Delta was also the founder of the Myrmidons, or am I crazy? Yeah, no, he's, they, they mentioned in one one-off sentence in one of the, um, in one of the endings that isn't in the true timeline, just, he, he's on a TV addressing, and he's like, are you brother? And he's like, yes, I'm brother, founder of Free the Soul. And then they just move on. That's the only mention of Free the Soul as well. Or the Myrmidons, which theoretically created this whole scenario for brother but that's never addressed yeah where the hell are the mirrodons unless they're the religious fanatic that is mentioned at the end of the game as will potentially destroy eight billion people i considering that the mirrodons are loyal to brother and that's made abundantly clear in um versus us reward with dio and talking to dio unless the actual reason for any, for the decision game was that he was bored, that brother was bored. Like, he would have control over any religious fanatic under his wing, and if he didn't, that should have been addressed. They should have said that religious fanatic was one of the Myrmidons who went rogue due to a poor cloning process, or something like that. And then he mind-hacks Sigma and says... In your mind, I see that there have been at least five generations of Myrmidons, because Dio is in the fifth generation, but, like, 
I have only seen the one, and the one has this botched religious fanatic that took free the soul too seriously, and is going to make the entire human race extinct. Like, there's... They just mention that there's a religious fanatic out there, and then they just do literally nothing with it. Like, they don't even half-ass an explanation, they do literally nothing with it. I don't understand a lot of the plot contrivances they need to introduce to make this story work. Where When they could have just... Delta didn't need to be a character. Like, Delta as he is in the game. They could have just had it be an ultimate showdown between brother, a.k.a. not a mind-hacking child of Sigma, and, you know, the characters in the experiment. They didn't need to have Mira and Eric as they were. They didn't need to have the Q Sean twist. Like, all of these twists seem not, seem inessential. The only reason it seems like Mira and Eric are there is because they have to make nine somehow. And at that point, why not say Santa snuck in, because that's believable, and like, I don't know, one of the first generation of Myrmidons. And then there's dramatic irony there of the player knowing not to trust him, but none of the other characters knowing on Q-Team, because the only ones that would know would be on D-Team. There are satisfactory ways to set this story up, but it feels like they just tried to make as many twists as possible. Another uh, another issue that I've had that's been sticking around in my head is um, as they were telling... Um, as the video... Same scene that the video of uh, Zero, Delta talking to uh, Sigma and Phi and Diana, I believe. All three of them, maybe. Uh, saying, I'm not in this timeline, you're gonna have to jump to another timeline to meet me, because in this timeline, Carlos killed me. What? Do you have any idea what that means? What timeline would Carlos have ever killed The one... Delta? I seem to recall that there was one where they had, like, a frozen Junpei head on the... in the, in the freezer, and I... Th- I seen her call something about he killed Delta in that one, but I'm not 100%, 100% positive. Mira killed Junpei in that one. Uh, they, they said that because Mira can, Mira can wander. That's another fucking detail, is that Mira didn't get any of the memory injections and also knew that she could wander between the wards. Um, so that's fun. And so she killed Junpei, and so the... Sean robots came and and ripped apart his body and scattered them all around the um, the pantry. And then Akane and Carlos see that, and then Carlos either lets Akane kill him or kills Akane. And if he kills Akane, he goes mad with grief. And then another consciousness shifts into that Carlos. But at no point did Carlos ever kill Delta in any timeline. Like what? Um, also, how familiar with your how familiar are you with the Danganronpa games? I've uh, beaten all three of them. Okay. Uh, minor spoiler alert because this wasn't mentioned at the beginning for Danganronpa two and the upcoming anime for Danganronpa three. Uh, so Danganronpa two, wow, they just straight up stole that. Um, those, those fruit buildings in Danganronpa 2, didn't they? I thought that was intended to be a, a tribute to Zero Escape, since that was at a point where, well, I guess not really. I guess it would have preceded Zero Escape, and then Zero Escape sort of ripped it off. This, the two series, both Spike Chunsoft, uh, rip each other off in so many fascinating ways, where, like, yeah, let's just throw a sadistic um, AI animal in Virtue's Last Reward to oversee the game, and then I don't know how much you know about the upcoming Danganronpa 3 anime, the the future side version, but it's a bunch of characters with bracelets, all the characters from the Future Foundation have bracelets on them that inject them with poison and memory for, and memory erasing drugs. They're just straight up just stealing from each other so blatantly. Uh, and spoilers for Danganronpa. But... Wow. Another is in the timeline where Diana has Phi and Delta in her womb for nine months, Delta 
who is theoretically the player's camera, theoretically, in some timelines, not others, uh, he's able to see all of that, but is he just, like, somehow, has he just somehow hid from them in the shelter for ten months, also eating other food? Like, how does that work? The security system in there is good, but it's I don't think it's that good. Because we know there's blind spots to it, and it can be distracted. Yes, of course, because why not withhold information from the player in a mystery? That doesn't go against the rules of writing a mystery. So, just all of these thoughts have just, yeah, they've just been circling my head. And if you have anything to add on any of them, or any more problems you have, please feel free to contribute, because this has just been frustrating me. And I've seen, like, other reviewers just, like, commenting that it's like, oh, it's a masterpiece story that answers everything exactly as you'd want. And I'm just sitting here like, one, what game did you play? And two, did you just not think about it past what the game told you? Did you not think about what any of it meant? Did did you have that walking to the fridge moment? Like, like, there's there's one here that... I'm not sure if we talked about it already, but how the hell does Fino, Diana, yep. is her mother? Yeah, we didn't, um, because, uh, yeah, there's a, there's the scene, because we can assume that all listeners to this have played the game, or don't care. There's the scene with the force quit box in D-Team, where uh, you enter in the parents' mementos, and here's the thing, honestly, I broke the game up front because I put in the two correct answers. That said, well, what's I didn't fully grasp that scene without it because they had some different dialogue. But if you, yeah, if you just put in, um, what is it, the brooch, and I believe it's either blue bird or music box with spaces. Yeah, with spaces, it'll accept either of those because it's the same thing and the exact same number of characters. Uh, then you don't put them into the box, but. Phi, uh, sorry, not Phi. Diana and Sigma remember that Delta and Phi are their children. They piece it together and they start crying and hug Phi. And then Phi, without being told, realizes these are my parents. But she's never told in any timeline. She just knows. The only way I can see that working is if, like, Sigma shifted to another timeline that ends up in that VLR future. And tells her at some point, which I never, which they never showed. And if they threw that into Virtue's Last Reward, people would have lost their minds. Yeah, and like, why it's it's even more frustrating than that because Phi, yeah, Phi in Virtue's Last Reward is like, I don't know, they were researchers, and this is all I have of my real mom. No trace of my dad. No DNA test. And in first of all, a DNA test would have certainly showed up positive for Sigma. Sigma went from 2008 to 2028, so 2006 from two, to 2028, just living a normal life. So his DNA should be in records. And on top of that, yeah, just Phi doesn't know. And then you go back, then she shifts back into ZTD. She still does not know. She goes through puzzles. She does not know. It shows her going over the brooch in her hands with Diana, just talking just talking it over, giving Diana a hug, wondering why does this, you know, feel so right? And my first thought was, surely that's they're not about to start shipping Diana and Phi. And then no. Just suddenly she knows. Because I guess they didn't want to waste the time, the player's time explaining that to Phi. But they waste the player's time in so many other ways that I don't know. And it's not like they didn't have time to work with. I mean, even assuming normal length of time for the puzzles, which I know is not always the case, especially for us, where we didn't have FAQ to work with. Yes. That, you know, this was about a... I mean... On, on a good day, you can probably do this in about 15 to 20 hours. So they had plenty of time to explain mm-hmm. this to her. My Platinum was 22 hours, not counting all of the terrible time I spent on the laser refraction puzzle. But the laser refraction puzzle, 
I would say added an extra ninety to ninety minutes, two hours to my game clock. Um, and then the rest of the day, I was trying to figure it out outside of the Vita. That puzzle took me twelve hours. God, that's a terrible puzzle. Um, and I'd like to thank you again for priming me on that because I you're welcome. I you you saved me about probably about twice that twice that much time because I managed to pull it off in five minutes. Um, you. I had screenshots. You, yes, you had screenshots, and you also helped me with one of the uh, rush hour style block sliding puzzles that I you, you gave me the solution, and I plugged it into an algorithm that processed uh, seventy five million possible moves, and then gave me the uh, twelve move solution. Uh, it took me twenty minutes to run the algorithm, but when it came out, there was my solution. And and you helped me also with the uh, the one of the music box puzzles yes. in in the lo- and that whole medical scanning room with yeah some of the puzzles in this game are a little nuts it's- some of them are the i i wrote in my review which i can't share online but i i did tweet this um this tweet did did end up in the neogaf thread from some one of my followers who posted my the thoughts that I could share online at the time on uh, on the NeoGaf thread. Some of the puzzle rooms were really bad. The the healing room, for instance, where you take the eight keys from the uh, from the piano from the like harpsichord type keyboard. Then you take the camera and then you just hit an object your way around the room to take eight photos. And then you put the keys in and then it just gives you a sequence of eight that you put back into the keyboard and then you're done. It's basically just an elongated hidden hidden object. There's no there's no there's nothing that like makes you think in that room at all. Aside from okay, where did they stick the shape this time? Exactly. There but there's no there's no logic, there's no solution that you come to that makes you feel good, which is one of the best features about the escape rooms in this series, in my opinion, is when you pull off the transporter room that involves you switching between numeric systems, both Arabic and whatever alien one they have, and then, what is it, base 12 and base 14? Something like that? Or, ten, I think it's like 10 and, thir- 10 and 13, maybe? Yeah, just two two different base systems as well, and when you finally solve that like, that is one of... It's a very difficult room, but in my opinion, that is an example of one of the best rooms in in the series history because I was taking notes, I was thinking a lot, and by the time I solved it, I felt extraordinarily accomplished. And then it also has just some of the worst rooms. The, um... The room that's frozen that has the laser refraction puzzle in it leading up to the laser refraction nothing there was fun it all just felt tedious as hell and then a lot of really pixel hunty yeah that w- that was driving that was driving me nuts and even e- i was dreading that room already because i knew that refraction puzzle was coming but did i give you the hint that the matches were on the floor because that took me some time to find i i think i might have stumbled across them with it the- you did yeah. mention it but i think i did find it eventually. Yeah. You have to be facing a certain direction, and at that direction, happen to look down, which is a feature used twice. Like it's a feature needed like twice across the entire game. So you don't think to do it. And this is my last escape room. Right after I finished this escape room, I got the trophy like five hours to the end of the game, saying you've completed all escape rooms. And I was like, what? I like half of the flowchart isn't even filled in yet. Um, that's another issue with the structure. But, like, that room is just, gra- it's like pulling teeth. And every time I find something, it's like, great, now I'm stuck again. And then I find the next step, I'm like, great, now I'm stuck again. Every time until I found the laser refraction puzzle, and then it was, wow, fuck this game. Like, it has just some really terrible rooms. And again, like I said at the top, assume everything I'm not mentioning I loved. I gave this game a 7 out of 10. It's a good game. I recommend this game to people who are already invested in the series, and Virtue's Last Reward is good enough to get into the series on its own. But man, it just left a really bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah, and there was in there one scene, another one you warned me about was the was how they distracted the camera 
during one of the endgame scenes with Teen C. Oh, yeah. yeah, let's just throw a rape scene in there. Why? Uh. Does Is it going to impact any of the characters in the future? No. It's like, well, we need to find something distracting. Rape. Why not? Right? That's that's just how the mind works. I need to think of something to distract a security camera. Rape. And, and it's so gratuitous that I didn't even worry about it being a spoiler in the NWR review. And I think that was the only thing that got me insulted on the internet. Was that you mentioned that? Was that I meant I was called a douchebag for referring to the fact that there's a gratuitous rape scene. Great. Yeah, no, that adds literally nothing to the plot. And even in your review, you didn't say why they tried to justify it. Well, that's... Like, nah. That, well, that's that be- adds nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. And, and that's why... Because we were explicitly told in the review embargo, no spoilers. Even... A, they're even asking Let's Players to hold off on doing anything for a week because they want people to experience this. But... Yeah. That's, I don't consider that a spoiler. No. That's just a really shitty thing the game has in it. And funny, funny story, I didn't, I didn't mention, I said there was a scene that was completely gratuitous and insulted my intelligence in the rough draft of the review, and I, that got edited in. Great, yeah. No, just, like, why is that, why is that in the game summarizes more than not my, the last three out my experience in the last three hours of this game? The first, the first, let's say 12 to 15 hours before any of the payoffs start coming in, I was so on board, I was, like, internally I was raving, I was planning this super positive, like, super positive review text about how I'd be effusely praising things, you know, some of these gate rooms aren't that great, but as part of a larger whole, that wouldn't matter so much, but then it was just like, oh, and then the oh moments just kept coming one after another. Until I until the credits rolled, and I was like... And I literally went to the timeline, because in Virtue's Last Reward, once you see the ending of Phi's timeline, it actually opens up two more scenes. One at the very beginning, one at the very end of the timeline. And I was just started scrolling to look for the rest of the game. And there wasn't any. You had to go into a room and check your files to see, oh, there's these extra notes about the rest of the team. Yeah, and it's just like, okay... That's great. A happily ever after, another happily ever after, and then Mira went to jail. Great. Thanks. So just, it, it's it, frustrating. It it was going so well it just completely blew the landing. Exactly. Like the most important part of this game, I would argue, is that landing, because this is meant to conclude not just Virtue's Last Reward, of which this is a part two, but the series in general, because this is the last game the series is getting. Unless this thing goes gangbusters in Japan, which it's not. Like, I can tell you, I've looked up what people on the internet in Japan are saying about this game, and people ain't saying much. Most people just are just ignoring the fact that it exists. I, I'm thinking, it, I'm wondering if it's even going to show up in the sales charts that we're going to get next week. Yeah, it will. It'll be low. Probably. And it's going to be 3DS version. I don't expect the beta version to show up. Also worth noting is that it's releasing on Thursday the 30th in Japan and Tuesday the 28th in North America and Europe. It's already out in Europe, actually, on on yes. Vita as we write this, or as we record this. And 3DS, I think? Or no, that'll be like an hour or two. Yeah, if it's like 3 o'clock Central European time. Okay. Um, just, man... I don't want again. I don't want to leave this on a downer note. I don't want to be a zero time dilemma, but this game is not perfect. And I sort of just because again, I can't post my review text online like verbatim. But I wanted to get my thoughts out there, and 140 characters sure as hell ain't enough for my thoughts on this game. Yeah, I I don't blame you. I mean, this is probably going to be. I, I gave it the we I joked about this being the NWR divisive score because it's the mm-hmm. same score we gave Mario Kart eight and Neil got death threats for that. Yeah. So seven point five seems I'm I'm pretty happy with that score and I'm not below anymore, which is good. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, no, RPG gamer and I both gave it a seven. Or, or, yeah, RPG site and and of course you, say, yeah, and your review as well. So so yeah. It's not like I'm. I'm. I hate the game. It's just it's 
it blew it really blew the landing although if they do decide to do something like a OVA length anime or something to pay off that the final scene which is basically Carlos pointing a gun at Delta mm-hmm. I'll I'll be down for that but I just if this is meant to send it off it's not really doing it in the right way it doesn't do the series justice the series does deserves better than this ending and i i suppose that's what makes me the most indignant is that this is a series that has done so much in terms of weird but effective video game storytelling and even like the structure with the fragments like it, there are some great moments in this game there are some great story moments in this game, but man, it deserves so much better than this ending. Mm-hmm. And given what it took to get this game to exist, maybe it's just a cautionary tale that be careful what you wish for when you go into these fan campaigns because it, you may not like the result. Yeah, I expect that there's going to be a contingent of fans. There are going to be multiple contingents of fans. One is going to uh, be upset at any criticism because at least the game is made and hey, it's better than nothing. Th- that's a that's a timely reference if you're listening to this in the future. There's probably going to be people who can overlook the issues and acknowledge they're there, people who didn't see the issues at all, and then people who are going to be like me or we're just like, this is a good game that's just saddled with some unfortunate shit. And I one line in my review and in my tweets is just, yeah, this is going to be a... This is divisive, and, like, what a troubled great game is the subtitle for my review. So, like, I do really like this game. On on the review sk- review score scale that I use, 5 is the average in the genre. So 5 would be an average visual novel. 5 is what I get, like, not saying that all games in each genre are comparable, but for instance, Ace Attorney 2 is a 5, and this is a 7. Like, on like the visual novel in, in that field, a 5 is a very average experience. 7 is good. It's not very good, it's not great, it's not amazing, and it's not outstanding, which are the higher numbers, but it's good. And I just sort of wanted... Because I know anyone who's, especially who's listened this far, has had the entire story spoiled for them. So I pray to God that you had played, had listened to the warning at the start and had actually played the game. But just sort of food for thought on some of my issues with the game. And I'm glad it exists. Uh, in the words of one Ben Judd, it is in fact better than nothing. But. Man, what if we had gotten the second Virtue's Last Reward quality game? Or or even a second 999 class game. Yeah. My my review scores went 9 for 999, 9 for VLR, and then 7. So it's just like, ah. Oh, yeah. With three... What if? Yeah. We, we had three different reviewers. We went 9, 8, 5, 7, 5. That, yeah. Even with three different reviewers, that sounds about accurate. Especially because there, there's much higher expectations on VLR because when 999 came out, that was just a huge surprise to everyone. Just like, hey, have you heard about this game? You need to play it. Yeah, and the version we would have reviewed had, well, we talked about it, the saving issues. On VLR? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. God. And then the, de- the physical version... Am I correct to say the physical version never got a patch and the digital version came pre-patched? Yeah, exactly. That's how it went. Wow. Yeah, I reviewed. I asked for a 3DS review copy of that, and I was told uh, that at the at the time, back a couple years ago, back in 2012, I was told uh, we ran out of physical copies. Uh, we could get you a code. Like, sorry, the digital version wasn't out yet. It's like we could send you a copy in like two weeks, or we could send you a Vita code in five minutes from now. And I was just like, give me the Vita code. So I played that game on Vita for the first time. Um, Not a bad way to play it. Anyways, thank you, Donald, for doing this with me. It's about hit the hour mark. Um, Very glad I got to do this. Thank you for doing this on such short notice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts on the game 
as a whole, not just the problems with it. Like, I think what you said in that review deck, it's a trouble. It's a tr- a great game, but it's troubled. Yes. And I think right now it's the most disappointing game I've played this year. But that's just because my expectations coming off of just replaying 999 and Virtue's Last Reward immediately before this, I had there were certain things I was expecting to happen that didn't happen in a bad way. But there were certain things I was expecting to happen that didn't in a good way. So, exactly. So at the end of the day, I mean, this is certainly a series worth exploring. Lord knows Virtue's Last Reward has been cheap enough digitally recently that you've <laughs> probably gotten it. $6 on Vita? Exactly. So at some point, this maybe in a couple of months, I'll replay this and, you know, we'll maybe Uchikoshi will publish the Q&A and, all, and this will all make sense. I would love to know what's, what was going through his mind for some of these, especially. Yeah. And I, I just hope that it that the fact that this thing was originally dead and then was brought back by some combination of fan demand and probably Axis walking up with a bag of money. Yeah, Axis what played a huge part in it. And they they needed a hit, especially mm-hmm. coming off Langrisser. <laughs> You're just gonna slip that in everywhere, aren't you? I it, it's <laughs> that game was not better than nothing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, nothing would have been better than that game. Yeah. Uh sorry, Ben Judd. And and sorry right. to, but yeah, this it, it is worth experiencing. Just temper your expectations going into it. If you have, I mean, but then again, if you're listening this far, I hope your expectations were sufficiently tempered to begin with. Yes. And if you've listened this far, you know, I hope you've already played the game. So thank you. And that'll do it. I can be found on Twitter at S Y C O R A X I C nine, eight. I'm not going to bother plugging my own projects here because that feels weird. Uh, where can they find you, Donald? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. I'm also the main news poster at Nintendo World Report, which, then again, if you're re-hearing this, you probably know that. And uh, I, I do host my, I do have a separate podcast outside of this feed at Nintendo Free Radio, which is an unofficial NWR forum podcast that can be found at bit.ly slash podcast. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much again, and I hope to everyone listening, have a good day, and I hope that you found ZTD a little less problematic than I did. And thank you you for getting me through it. (laughs) You're very welcome. I I needed to get you through that thing so I could vent. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night.